A reading from John. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friend, if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I choose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Today's Gospel from John is an extension of last week's Gospel. If you remember where Jesus had this wonderful image of the vine and uh, the vine grower and on this vine with all these branches and all this fruit, this abundant fruit uh, that was born. This, uh, this grapevine is a wonderful image of uh, illustrating how we are not only connected to one another, but how we're connected back to the source of, uh, of life, the source of inspiration, the source of uh, the love uh, that Jesus invites us uh, to practice and live into uh, and continues with that today. Uh, today's gospel from John um, is the next part of chapter 15, and Jesus uh, starts by uh, continuing this notion of abiding, right? Um, abiding in his love, abiding in God's love, and uh Last week, I made the case uh, that, or actually myself and Francisco made the case, uh, that this idea of abiding was not simply a passive kind of resting or relaxing in God's presence, but it was um, an act, a more active uh, sense of being in solidarity uh, with God's love, being in solidarity with God's vision, uh, in God's purposes, God's agenda. Uh, and priorities in the world. And today, Jesus goes on to say a little bit more about that by how we get at this idea of abiding in his love. Um, what is the way that we do that? What is the, the, um, the action or the activities that need to happen for us to experience that abiding? And he says, if you keep my commandments... If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So the way that we experience this uh, solidarity with Jesus's love, this, uh, this, this connection uh, with Jesus, this abiding uh, in all that Jesus is and all that Jesus uh, desires us to be, 
the way that we uh, abide in Jesus is by keeping Jesus's commandments. And as we remember, Jesus sums up his commandments. Uh, in one place, Jesus sums up all the commandments of Hebrew scriptures, some 613, I believe, commandments, uh, not just the 10 that are the most famous, uh, but uh, all these commandments Jesus sums up with the commandment to love God uh, with everything we have and to love uh, our neighbors as ourselves. And here uh, in John's, uh, this portion of John's gospel, he goes on to say that even explain more succinctly, uh, more perhaps uh, clearly what this commandment is. He's he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide my love. But he goes on to say that this is my commandment, just one commandment, that you love one another um, as I have loved you. Um, so the way to keep Jesus's commandment for us is to love one another uh, as Jesus loved us. And then he goes on to describe some characteristics of that love, saying that uh, no one has, uh, no one greater, no one has greater love than this, than to lay down one life, one's life for one's friends. Now that in that line there, no one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's a power pack sentence. I want to unpack a couple things there that I think make the difference, at least for me, they make the difference in understanding uh, what it means to live out, to practice this love that Jesus modeled and embodied for us. Um, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Well, first of all, let's start with the second at the end there, one's friends, who we're talking about. I think when we you know, to lay down one's life for one's friends. This is a, a piece of scripture, a saying that is that we're familiar with. It's used. It's in common culture, our pop culture, and uh, so we we know this. But I don't. I'm not sure we really analyze it and take a good look at it in the context of this passage. It might be easy to think that when we're talking about one's friends, we're simply talking about, you know, my friends, Jamie's uh, list of friends, my Rolodex, right? The ones that I hang with, the ones that I grew up with, the ones that I continue to meet with, uh, the, the friends that I want to be with, that I share so many things in common with. Those are my friends, right? The ones that uh, I run with. But I'm not sure Jesus is talking about those folks as being the friends that Jesus has in mind. And there's a clue that kind of gives that away where Jesus says a little bit later in the passage, you did not, he's, first of all, he says that you are my friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you, right? And then he goes on to say, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So there's this idea that we are friends with Jesus, not because we somehow befriended Jesus, that somehow we got to know Jesus and liked him and wanted to be his friends. And therefore, Jesus is ready to lay down his life for us. That's not what he's saying. Jesus says that he chose us. He chose us to be his friends. So for us to love our friends to be willing to lay down our lives even for 
our friends, there seems to be this implication here that our friends are the ones also who Jesus appoints, who Jesus selects, who Jesus chooses. So that makes it a little more complicated because I think loving our friends, the ones that we run with, the ones that we grew up with, the ones that we've known for so long to lay down our lives for them, perhaps as difficult as it still is, is even easier, is a little bit easier than laying down our lives for a friend, quote unquote, that Jesus chose. A friend that now we call our friends because Jesus called them uh, his friend. So it makes it a little more complicated because uh, it invites us to really take a hard look at who Jesus is calling to be Jesus's friends. Who is Jesus choosing? And we know that uh, throughout the stories of scripture that the people that Jesus chooses to be his friends, first and foremost, are the friendless, are those uh, who have not been befriended by mainstream culture or mainstream society or the religious establishment. The ones that Jesus chooses to be part of his circle are the ones that have been left out or pushed out or excluded from the circle of family and friends in of his day and his time and in his context. So as we think about uh, Jesus's friends, we think of those who are on the margins, those who are otherized, those who have been diminished because of their gender or because of their own particular religious beliefs or their culture um, or their class status. And so to be willing to love and to be willing to lay down our lives for those that Jesus loved and chose, that becomes a, a much more challenging proposition. So now let me back up just a few words and get at this idea of laying down one's life that can seem big, that can seem <laughs> uh, so extreme. Uh, I don't know too many of us that are willing to give up our lives uh, for anybody, uh, let alone those who uh, we, that Jesus chose but not, might not necessarily be a part of our close circle of family and friends. But if we look at this sentence a little more closely and unpack it, and we'll have to do a little word search here, uh, and you see that in this passage, Jesus says, no one has greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. The Greek term here is for life is psyche. Now in Greek, in biblical Greek, there are three words uh, that are used throughout uh, the New Testament uh, to, uh, to talk about this idea of life. And it's three different uh, uh, kind of aspects of life. Um, and with uh, kind of a corresponding word for each. First, there is the life that I think most of us think about uh, when we think about giving up our life, and that's bios, which is the Greek uh, word for like our physical life, right? Our, uh, our just our, our breathing and our eating and our walking and our, the skin and, you know, the physicality of it all, right? The biology of it all. 
That's the life I think we assume that Jesus is talking about here in this passage. That's one term, bios is one term uh, for life in Greek. Another term is zoe, and zoe is a Greek word which means kind of divine life, the life that transcends our life, the life throughout the cosmos, the life that weaves in and out of everything that is, that ever was, and that ever will be. And then there is this other third term uh, for life, which is psyche. And psyche, uh, which you we're familiar with, and it's the root word for psychology. It's, it's that thing that makes up our th thinking, that life that makes up our perspective, our worldview, our, uh, the way we uh, process things, the way we take in things, the way we understand things, the way we understand ourselves, the way we understand others. So to give up this life, Jesus is inviting us to do on behalf of the friends that he chose. So basically Jesus is asking us to give up, to be willing to lay down our way of understanding, to lay down our way of seeing the world, to lay down our uh, way of making sense of things, our priorities, our, uh, um, our particular worldview, to lay that down on behalf of those friends, those marginalized, ostracized, oppressed, pushed out, pushed down people that Jesus called his friends, that chose as his friends, we're being invited by Jesus, commanded by Jesus, to lay down, to be willing to lay down our own way, our own worldview, our own understanding, that we might gain a better understanding as we take on the perspective of those friends that Jesus has chose. It's a, it's a, it's a daunting, uh, but yet a bit more manageable uh, proposition for me. Uh, in the sense that uh, I'm not necessarily being asked to give up my physical life, but I'm being asked to give up the way that I see and understand the world for the sake of others. The last point I want to make about this passage is this idea of that all this that Jesus is commanding and inviting us to do, this loving one another as he loved us, this being willing to lay down our psyche, to lay down our life on behalf of friends that he has chosen, um, that this is all for a purpose that this is all for um, in hoped-for outcomes. Um, he says that I, I appointed you, uh, I'm inviting you into this way of being, but I actually have appointed you, right? I've nominated you, I have selected you to be, uh, to incarnate, to embody this way of being for the sole purpose of bearing fruit, for bearing fruit that will last. Um, and uh, the fruit that I imagine here is the fruit that uh, is um, what we might call the kind of the reign of God, right? Or the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of God coming to life, right? The justice, 
the mercy, the equity, the love, the community, the grace, all that coming to life, all that fruit springing forth, sustaining people, um, and, 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 and growing us uh, into Christ's likeness. So all this loving one another as Christ loved us, all this laying down our lives uh, on behalf of friends, this is for a purpose, uh, to bear that fruit. And if we, if, we, if we are hesitant, if we balk at the thought of our capacity, our agency, uh, of being able to do that work. Jesus assures us in that same line that whatever the Father will give you, that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Again, I, we made this argument last week that uh, in this context of trying to bear fruit uh, on behalf of God's reign, loving one another as Christ loved us, laying down our psyche on behalf of the friends that Jesus chose, that whatever we need, whatever we ask of God, of that main vine, that main uh, stump in the grapevine, right? That, that main trunk, whatever we need, we will be fed from that trunk. We will be fed uh, from and, and nurtured and empowered by the, the trunk and the vine grower to do the work to make that all a reality. So today, uh, I hear this invitation for all of us to love one another as Jesus loved us, to be willing to lay down our way of being, our way of seeing, our way of understanding, uh, and taking up the perspective of others for friends that Jesus has chosen, that we, in doing so, might bear fruit and knowing that God will guide and empower us all along the way. <laughs>